Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and envision the opportunities that these disruptions create. We help leaders develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders or sustain their leadership advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also a fellow with the International Leadership Association, and I am delighted to bring to you recorded live at the 2019 International Leadership Association Conference in Ottawa, Canada, speakers from the conference whose theme is Courage to Lead. Now Cynthia Cherry will talk a little more about the conference, and then we'll move into the guest introductions. International instability is only getting worse in today's world, and it cries out for a need for leadership. Hi there, this is Cynthia Cherry, President and CEO of the International Leadership Association. And the ILA has as its mission to advance leadership knowledge and practice for a better world. At this year's global conference in Ottawa, our theme was Leadership, Courage Required. And it was a gathering of 1,200 professionals from around the world to discuss, share, and explore the latest research, teachings, and best practices in leadership. In this series, ILA fellow Maureen Metcalf is the host of the 2019 series. And you will hear from corporate leaders, political leaders, and the leading scholars and teachers grappling with the complex issues of today. I hope you will join me in exploring these complex issues in the 2019 series. I am delighted to welcome today Pat Danby. Pat has over 20 years of executive leadership experience working for a variety of Fortune 500 companies and luxury brands, including Coca-Cola South Africa, Draft FCB, Thebes Investment, Bentley, and others. She's educated in Botswana, the US, and Canada, and holds a BA of Honors from Queen's University from Ontario, Canada. She has highly developed corporate management skills in business strategy, entrepreneurship, strategic marketing, communications, media relations, and public relations. She brings with her extensive business networks from more than 28 African countries, the US, Europe, and Asia. Pat is currently the Vice President of Corporate Affairs and Business Relations at De Beers Global Siteholder Sales, abbreviated DBGSS, and is responsible for government relations, external communications, sustainability, and social investment. Her primary role is to protect and promote the brand and reputation 
and diamonds as a category and support the commercial interests of the business with external and internal stakeholders. The role also entails managing relationships with government and non-government stakeholders. So today we're going to talk about the importance of how good a technical partnership is for a business and a country to operate effectively. So De Beers has a brilliant partnership with Botswana and we'll talk about how that plays out. So Pat, welcome. Thank you so much for being here in Ontario live at the ILA 21st year conference. It's amazing. Thank you. It's good to be here. So let's start with, can you give us some background about this partnership? How did yeah. it come about and why is it unique? Yeah. Well, the partnership is over 52 uh, years old. Okay. Um, with De Beers. Uh, we, it started right at the beginning of uh, independence um, mm. when Botswana discovered diamonds um, and was approached by De Beers as a, a potentially a partner to help uh, De Beers had been doing some prospecting mm -hmm. and found heavy deposits of kimberlite. Um, and at the time, Botswana was the third poorest country in Africa. Really? Yes, yes. And it's really interesting because when they, uh, the history of, of Southern Africa, when they were dividing uh, what would go to South Africa and Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. uh, at the time it was Rhodesia North mm -hmm. and Rhodesia South, and everything was cut away. The green parts, as I put mm -hmm. it, were all cut away. And basically, we were left with the hottest and the driest part of uh, Botswana. Because mm -hmm. there are elements of, of, um, that are in South Africa and in previously Rhodesia that mm -hmm. actually were historically for Botswana. Okay. But what's interesting is never judge a book by its cover. Because underneath that dryness, was the heaviest deposits of kimberlite in the world. Um, and as it were, at now, uh, Botswana is the number one diamond company in terms of value in the world as a result of, of basically being given what was considered to be the desert part of that demarcation. And it, it basically, we were uh, farming, cattle farming, mm -hmm. but we were the third poorest country on the continent. After diamonds, of course, this, this all changed. And it was a decision made by um, the first president and the founding president of Botswana that every single diamond, the value, the revenue that was found had to be for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so fundamentally, that was a, a different approach to putting money that would go specifically to the people who found the diamonds. So, and the money that was um, obtained was put into education, welfare, housing, infrastructure, etc. So the diamond land was owned by the government, not by an individual? Absolutely. I mean, the first diamond was found by an individual, but when it was found, it was decided by our founding president that every diamond that is found belongs to the country, and therefore mm -hmm. to the nation, and we should focus on building the nation as opposed mm -hmm. to individuals. So there isn't a diamond mine that is owned by a single entity like you see in other parts mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you have artisanal mining or you know private sector owning 
bits mm-hmm. and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, in Botswana, the, the mines are owned by government um, in, in uh, conjunction with uh, De Beers. So that was good foresight on the president because mm-hmm. as a result mm-hmm. of that, in a small population, at that time, diamonds, the, the, the value of diamonds was significant. And it allowed people like myself and others to uh, obtain scholarships. So we went from being the third poorest country to becoming a middle-income society very quickly in a population of less than two million. So um, what did that mean? It meant that basically we could go and study overseas, that education was free, very good education was free, health is free, um, and people are entitled to own land and build houses. They may be modest houses if you have mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, very little money where the state would allow, uh, would give you raw material so you could build a house. But it did mean that you were creating a middle income society very quickly. Now, was it middle income because people were given jobs or earned jobs? Or was it middle income because the country had money, therefore everyone received? And, and how did then the world of work connect with the world of income? Absolutely. So, first of all, education. Okay. If you educate, then you can, you know, sustainability can come from that. Mm-hmm. So, we had uh, forefathers who had been educated in South Africa, primarily, mm-hmm. well, you know, from our president, our first president, to his first cabinet were mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. Uh, had all been educated in South Africa um, and the the focus was we need to create an environment of discerning a leadership mm-hmm. and it means that education has to be number one okay um, so a lot mm-hmm. of money was pumped into hundreds of uh, thousands of people to go for scholarships everything from medical to engineering to teachers to you know um, economists and the money was self-generating because mm-hmm. a person would then come back and end up setting up or participating in the development of the country okay. uh, very quickly and it's it was it, Botswana was fortunate there weren't a lot of people mm-hmm. um, so you know money went a long way mm-hmm. for uh, a small group but when I grew up you could basically indicate what you wanted to study. Okay. And um, the criteria is you had to pass. You had to pass high school and get accepted into a university. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were universities that were planned in the United States, mm-hmm. in Canada, in Australia, in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could basically study what you wanted to. The, the prerequisite of that was that you would come home. Okay, so we paid for you to go to school, now you have to come back and... And serve uh, Mm -hmm. the period of time that you went to school. Okay. So, and after that, you would be allowed to do whatever you wanted. So, a lot of people were anxious to come home because the opportunities were there. Mm -hmm. I remember when I went to university, I went to Queens. (laughs) Okay. In Kingston, and I remember a lot of the foreign students, as mm-hmm. well as local Canadian students, mm-hmm. wondering what they were going to do when they mm-hmm. finished university. And a lot of us couldn't wait to finish. So mm-hmm. we would work yeah. the summer 
so that mm-hmm. we would finish mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. and end up coming home earlier mm-hmm. because we knew we'd come home to jobs either jobs on the mine or opportunities that existed which is unusual you know um, I remember my, my, my schoolmates saying well you know I have a loan to pay back and I have to find mm-hmm. a job and mm-hmm. I was like they're going well what are you doing I said well I have a job waiting for me at home so it was a very unusual mm-hmm. and exceptional time mm-hmm. but it did show what diamonds can do and so our love for diamonds in Botswana yes we love the, 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 the diamond itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the billion year old stone or, or a product is really important to us as, mm-hmm. a, as a contribution to GDP and it's a beautiful um, uh, garment Visually made beautiful. yes yeah. but more importantly is the love the love that it's created of de- developing a lot of us mm-hmm. and to become who we are today is a result of the diamonds. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Now let's shift to talk about how De Beers partners with Botswana yes. because this all happens because of the partnership. Absolutely. I, I, again, you know, when you have a, a, uh, a government that fundamentally looks at whatever we do is for the people and for the future. And to have that kind of foresight, because a lot of governments mm-hmm. just focus on now, what can I do now, what can I get from now? Mm-hmm. But I do believe that the forefathers who uh, negotiated the relationship with De Beers and De Beers's, you know, its participation as well mm-hmm. was to say, well, if we're going to go into Botswana, what is the win-win? The win for us as Botswana was we need the revenue, as much revenue as possible to plow back into mm-hmm. the community and to mm-hmm. the wider market. Mm-hmm. The win-win for De Beers was we want to continue to be the number one operator, the number one diamond industry mm-hmm. uh, leader so we can do more for the partnership but mm-hmm. also do more for positioning diamonds a symbolic symbol of love mm-hmm. because at the end of the day there is no functionality to a diamond other than cutting things yeah but that's an industrial diamond yeah. that's not one yeah. you want to buy okay <laughs> yeah I, i'm not wearing industrial diamonds yes. i don't think <laughs> the only thing we have to sell is the the beauty of the stone mm-hmm. and the symbolism and the symbolism that we as people imbue on that absolutely and if you think about the symbolism first of all it's, it's God made. Mm-hmm. So, and it takes a lot of love. A billion years is the average diamond, between a billion to three billion. Wow. Is the, and that's nature doing its work, either mm-hmm. in extreme heat or mm-hmm. extreme cold. So, Botswana is extreme heat, Canada is extreme cold. Mm-hmm. And the, the DNAs of the, of the stones are different. But that's nature. So, that's the mm-hmm. love of. Mm-hmm. The, the, the process of nature. And then to create something that has been made into a finite resource that is forever. If you have one, it's forever. But in the, the ground, relationship may not be, but the, yes. but the stone is. <laughs> Correct. The relationship may not be, the stone is, but there are only so many diamonds in the ground. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're fortunate enough to be able to purchase now, and as a symbol of your billion-year-old relationship that you aim mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. Um, 
um, knowing that at some point in our lives, there will be no more diamonds. In our lives? Well, in Botswana, we look at, we have about 40 years of uh, latitude. Okay. Um, um, other places are less. Okay. And then there are places where they haven't mined yet. So it's really about finding the right kimberlite deposits and it's, a lot, it's very expensive okay. to, to get a handful of diamonds. So you have to make sure that there's enough kimberlite on the investment to mm-hmm. bring in all that machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, most diamonds are not in, in, in the ground. It's, it's open pit. Okay. Our, our mines are open pit. You're not going okay. down like you do in gold okay. um, and other um, uh, mining products. So there's also an ecological cost. There's definitely an ecological cost. And that's the one thing we do as, as uh, De Beers is responsible sourcing. Okay. And what does that mean? It means that, first of all, we involve the environmental and ecological experts in terms of how we mine. Um, whether it's in the ground or whether it's in the sea. In mm. Namibia, we're in the sea. Okay. And I'm happy to um, state that the, the ships that we use were designed by the Norwegians, as you know, who are very pro the ecological environment mm-hmm. and with as, as least disruption to the ecological system as possible. So okay. it's, these ships are massive. I haven't been on them because I get seasick, but uh, <laughs> but basically it, it, it drills right down with as little disturbance to the ecological okay. system and, and as far down as it can go and sucks up. Um, so you're mining mm-hmm. into the sea and bringing it up into the, into, from the seabed, basically, without affecting the, um, the, the, the ecosystem at yes. all. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's. Um, we had a group of journalists to come and see mm-hmm. um, when we launched um, with uh, Njuma, which is one of our ships. But they were designed in, in, in uh, Norway for the mm-hmm. reasons, for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, so we mine offshore. So then if there are, let's assume, 40 years of diamonds left in the world. In Botswana. In Botswana. Yes. So I'm going to make a blanket statement. And I'm being statement. conservative, yes, yes. Yeah. So De Beers then is planning 40 years out. I'm assuming, how do we run as a company to navigate the finite amount of resources and either replacing that source with other sources or looking at what is the future of our company yes. when the sourcing is uncertain? Yes. So there's two things to say. First of all, technology is getting more and more advanced as, okay. you, as, you, as you realize that a couple of the mines that we have sold, concessions that we've sold mm-hmm. to other people, they have found some of the largest stones because of the technology. Okay. I don't know if you remember last year, they found the 1,111 carat, which is a massive... Okay, so um, like almost a baseball size. Baseball size. And it was one of our mines that we sold. Mm. Um, and they have since found another diamond in there, the blue diamond that was found recently, which, okay. was, which was another massive um, carrot. And the thing about technology is that you can go back to these mines, mm. but the, the, what is also clear is that innovation and technology is much more efficient and is mm-hmm. able to find kimberlite that 
and previously we wouldn't find. Okay. So, um, you know, in Botswana we have other cuts that mm-hmm. are being done, mm-hmm. um, and it does mean maybe wider or deeper mm-hmm. than we were, would be before. We're into our cut nine. We were in cut eight, and now we're going into cut mm-hmm. nine, using different technology, using different assessment. So it's it's a conservative estimation, mm-hmm. but as technology gets more and more sophisticated in terms of sourcing, it could be longer. Okay. Now, that's also to say that you know there are other countries. Mm-hmm. that are finding diamonds that weren't there before. Um, uh, on the continent right now, there's about 17 to 18 countries mm-hmm. that are finding diamonds, okay. um, uh, kimberlite mm-hmm. deposits. And some of them are small countries like Lesotho, mm-hmm. but Botswana has the princess of mines, okay. which is Joaneng, and that has produced a significant um, uh, amount of, of diamond uh, deposits in the world. So, for our listeners, would you explain the relationship between De Beers and Botswana? Sure. And I am assuming the relationship is relatively similar between other countries. Well, no. Every every uh, technical partner has a different model. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about Botswana. Then. Yeah. And I think I think what we are, we've become the benchmark, okay. as it were. And I think that a lot of uh, a lot of companies use us as mm-hmm. as a benchmark of success because it's okay. worked so well for both the technical partner in, mm-hmm. in De Beers mm-hmm. that I work for and Botswana from where I am okay. from. And the, the, the success is making sure that there's a return on investment mm-hmm. for stakeholders. On the Botswana side, it's social impact um, and it's social capital. So we really are looking at not kind of the old school absolutely take resources from a country and leave it poor yes we're looking at a much more advanced model of government and business leaving understanding all of the stakeholders and creating a win for all of them right as we say beyond diamonds so one of our fundamental strategies is building forever Okay. Um, and our whole focus on building forever is helping a country mm-hmm. be enriched, mm-hmm. maybe even more so, post-diamonds than it was before we found diamonds. So, so when you say our focus, you're talking now De Beers and Botswana. Okay. Yes. Because you're both. I am both. I'm just trying to figure out which hat you <laughs> have on when we say our focus. Yeah. And that's the magic about the, the partnership, mm-hmm. is that somebody like myself is very patriotic Mm-hmm. But I work for a company that is very focused on building forever. Okay. And it gives me a sense of that I, I can stand mm-hmm. and speak with both hats, mm-hmm. knowing that there's commonality, there's a sweet spot in terms of success. The mm-hmm. picture of success is for De Beers is to say we're building forever, which is important to our consumers. And for Botswana is where are we going beyond diamonds mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of sustainability. So it just, as we've been at the conference and talking about the level of disruption in technology and innovation and what kind of leadership is required to move us forward, it seems like De Beers and the De Beers Botswana partnership is a beautiful actual example, not a a theoretical 
projection, but mm -hmm. what's happening on the ground is an actual beautiful example of a company winning. For all of us who actually get to wear diamonds, we love this. Mm -hmm. um, and providing education and leaving a country yeah. and an entire population better off. Absolutely. Is yeah, and there's example. a health yes, and there's a healthy tension. You know, okay. there's no utopia, right? So, <laughs> and everybody has different focuses, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the, ten the the healthy tension is to make sure that 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 those are discussed in mm -hmm. a commonality. Mm -hmm. You know, and and what is the win-win is a mm -hmm. constant relationship between, like, a husband and wife, mm -hmm. where you're constantly trying to figure out where's our where's our compromise, mm -hmm. and where do we both win. So, um, so I don't want to give the impression that there isn't um, times when it may be one way or the other and mm -hmm. we have to find ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. But that is healthy, uh, both from De Beers' mm -hmm. perspective it's mm -hmm. healthy and from the Botswana government. It's a very open discussion um, of finding that commonality for both. So it sounds like it's a partnership of equals. In, in essence, Definitely. I, I realize that on any given case or any given day, one may not feel equal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would honestly just like say, a husband and wife. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> as the woman in the relationship, <laughs> I would say that it, it is definitely as good as a marriage as you can get. Okay, um, there are happy moments, there are challenging moments, there are debates, but. We all go for the same goal, is the betterment for both, both company and country. So that's a beautiful thought to segue on. So we're going to get a break. You're with Pat and Maureen. We're talking about the case study of De Beers and how a government and a company can partner for a true win for b both company and country and yes. all of the citizens yes. that that live within that company who are sorry that live within that country who get a different quality of life mm -hmm. than they would have had prior so i invite our listeners to think about what environments do you work in where you are seeing this kind of partnership or where you could elevate partnerships you have using this model we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. So welcome back. You are joining Pat Damby and Maureen Metcalf. And we're talking about the case study of De Beers and how a government and corporate partnership can leave both organizations better off. So we talked in the last segment a little bit about what the technical partnership looks like. Let's talk about the leadership that created this. Yeah. Because yeah. many leaders don't create this level of truly win-win looking long-term at forever yeah it's often a, a it can be a win-win but it's often shorter shorter time horizon mm-hmm. and like all leadership in a country or a company it has waves right as people uh, as they grow and it, it's dynamic it's a constantly moving mm-hmm. so the the initial we talked about the initial foundation mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the forefathers on both sides and it has evolved over um, from being a let's look at how we build how we partner mm-hmm. to capacity building is a major focus now for for Botswana okay um, so the initial forefathers were really looking at Gee, it's just great not to be the third poorest and start to <laughs> start to build roads mm-hmm. and schools and houses and hospitals and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now, as as people evolve and are empowered, mm-hmm. and you have education, people start to look for what is the future. So, future means how do we move forward? How do we constantly look at uh, developing ourselves and being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, proactive? Proactive in terms of socioeconomic impact, mm-hmm. uh, 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 GDP development, mm-hmm. and capacity building. So in the next era, I would say that the whole focus has been about trying to get into the value chain okay. of the diamond industry. Okay. So when we first started, our whole focus was on what I, we call the upstream. Mm-hmm. And the upstream is the mining. Okay. Taking the product, getting money from it, developing people on the mine. And, and that's traditional and in new economies. We, we have stuff in the ground, we have yep. resources, and we take our resources and we sell them. Right. But if right. you don't then develop the economy, you end up depleted and right. back to where you started after 100 years. Absolutely. Look at oil, for mm-hmm. example, gold, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So our focus is to say... Where is technology and innovation? Because it's a major focus mm-hmm. for the new government okay. in, in the uh, manifesto that they've created, which is uh, a national development plan called Vision 2036. Where do okay. we want to be in 2036? And it's really in the fourth generation. What does that mean? It means technology, innovation, and understanding the analysis 
and the value chain, that ecosystem that makes De Beers the number one company in the diamond industry. Okay. As opposed to just being a diamond mine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, 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 the new um, focus is, right, we the want to The new focus of the country. Of the country. Okay. We want to understand that value chain. We want to create capacity. We want to have analysts understanding mm-hmm. the market, be mm-hmm. it... It, you know the market internationally mm-hmm. or the product itself and its pricing and what does that mean in the in the partnership with the company it means that they have to transfer those skills okay it does mean that there needs to be much more of a integration mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. people who are there from a country perspective and the company so we become mm-hmm. one okay um, and Interestingly enough, during that transition from just looking at the upstream, mm-hmm. we now are a shareholder oh, in De Beers. Okay. At the moment, we own 15% of De mm. Beers holding. And the country, not the people running the Correct. country. Correct. The country, the country owns. owns 15%. Okay. So now you're a shareholder in De Beers. Mm-hmm. You have say as a shareholder. And you're now looking at the bottom up. How do mm-hmm. we integrate and understand that ecosystem, which creates new jobs, mm-hmm. which creates new competencies, which are linked to things like the fourth generation, technology, mm-hmm. innovation, um, efficiencies that are so important, um, for particularly for the millennials that are coming up, mm-hmm. and what the new workforce has to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So it does create new opportunities. And the thing about innovation and technology, which is really interesting, it doesn't necessarily just have to be for diamonds. You can transfer those skills of analysis and capability Mm -hmm. into other sectors. So you're not just building an engineer, Mm -hmm. developing an engineer who knows how to deal mining in a diamond Mm -hmm. mine, Mm -hmm. as opposed to uranium, for example, Mm -hmm. but you're building competencies in technology and innovation that could be for any tangibility, any any um, product. So then is the country of Botswana expanding its other areas of focus? I've heard you say innovation, but what industries is it now pursuing? Well, in the diamond industry, you know, it's the, the ecosystem is quite vast. Okay. And it's the midstream is everything from learning how to price mm-hmm. uh, a valuable product like mm-hmm. a diamond uh, learning how to negotiate its pricing okay. with the buyer, and this is wholesale mm-hmm. buying. Mm-hmm. The Cartiers, the Tiffany's, the, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. big, mm-hmm. Um, who need a lot of diamonds to be able to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and countries, whether it's Asia, uh, China, mm-hmm. United States, you know, India. And that's things like tariffs. That's tariffs, Trade. that's sales, that's pricing. Okay. It's all the things that are involved in cr- selling a significant commodity. Okay. Okay. And then there's the other element, which is retail. Who is that? That touches the consumer. And mm-hmm. we're all retailers, whether we're doing it in a shop or whether we're doing it online. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I'm sorry, we're all consumers. Yeah. And that requires a, a different set of skills mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you would in the wholesale buy. Mm-hmm. So you've got the mining, which is upstream. Mm-hmm. You've got the midstream. Mm-hmm. which is wholesale, mm-hmm. selling to a wholesaler. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly is finger to, um, to the consumer, basically. Okay. Okay. From, so you've got all the competences mm-hmm. that are required from mine to finger. Wow. 
So how, how does De Beers focus on leader development? So our whole um, relationship uh, and what we focus on is preparing our, our planning is to the future. Okay. Yeah, I've heard forever, and yes. I don't know any company yeah. that really says, now I don't know all companies, so yes. for whoever's <laughs> listening who says mine, um, I don't yes. know of companies who are looking at forever yes. as the time horizon. Yes, and that is the legacy. That is the legacy mm-hmm. De Beers wants to leave behind, mm-hmm. is that you know um, we're able to say, when we leave, mm-hmm. when the, there are no more diamonds, Mm-hmm. in the Princess of Mines, have we contributed to the non-dependency of diamonds? Well, and that was where I was going with the question of beyond diamonds. Yes. yes. Is the country focusing on what other industries? Absolutely. Okay. So my job is to look at social capital, as I call it, as opposed to social impact. Mm-hmm. Social capital means uh, identifying sustainable initiatives that will lead into other opportunities. Okay. Um, and we've done that in uh, a couple of our key uh, social investments. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, women and girls. Okay, so let's talk about women and girls. Yes. So we have a partnership with the UN Women. Okay. Um, it's something that we've had for the last three years. Mm-hmm. And we have a really big cheerleader in our CEO okay. who is an ambassador and is quite committed to um, the women and girls uh, strategy, which is really focusing on capacity, getting young girls into STEM, mm-hmm. science, mm-hmm. technology, engineering, and mathematics, um, and also dealing with gender bias mm-hmm. because, you know, the, it's funny, it's both women and men. Mm-hmm. Who have that gender bias? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, this isn't on them. It's, no, it's all it's, of us. it's everyone. Um, and then uh, thirdly is um, capacity, okay. um, capacity building. We've gone into another area in Botswana, which is a major focus, which is the future, which is millennials. Okay. And having them be less employees and creating a middle class environment that's entrepreneurship driven. If you look at Canada and the United States, mm-hmm. you have a lot of uh, businesses that are family-run. And family-run can be big, can mm-hmm. be medium, or can be small. Um, so that answers one of my questions, and I yes. want to delve into it further. Yes. But in a country where we provide so much, yes. being Botswana, yes. what's the incentive to then go invest a lot of time working? In the U.S., if you don't work, mostly you don't have much. Right. But it sounds like in Botswana, even people who work less or not not much still have homes and health care. Oh. Uh, or not so much. You know, the, the, there's an aspiration. There's the bottom of the pyramid. Okay. And then there's, I want to be middle class. Okay. Or I want my children to have more than I had. Okay. Um, so we are creating a society where... There's an aspiration for more okay. in terms of lifestyle. Okay. And what does that mean? It means, yes, it's one thing to have a house, but it's another to say, what am I leaving behind? And okay. how do I break what I call the generation poverty line mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and make sure that my children have more? Okay. So you will find that a lower middle income person will say, I want my child to have more than what I have. Okay. So that so, seems universal. Yes, it is. It is. And in Botswana, so it's not, we're not talking about people who are unemployed. We're talking about people who want to have 
who want to have the children to have more. Okay, got it. Yeah. And so entrepreneurship then is a big uh, focus in we provide education, but you have to do something with it. Absolutely. Okay. So you will find that, and it, you know, here's the great thing about young people uh, versus uh, older people like myself is that there are no boundaries. They've grown mm -hmm. up in a digital era mm -hmm. where they can be in the United States with a click of a button. They can be mm -hmm. in China at a click of a button. So they have no boundaries. Mm -hmm. Whereas we grew up with borders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't see that. They're able to communicate, to sell, to market. They, they, there's commonality in music, food, you know, thinking. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter whether you're in China or in Africa. Millennials mm -hmm. all think the same. Mm -hmm. um, and so they communicate and do business and create and reinvent themselves so quickly Taking into they're not looking at just going into Botswana. Mm -hmm. A lot of these entrepreneurs are saying, "How do I be? How can I sell to a Canadian mm -hmm. a product that I know that they would like, um, which gives them a new market?" So um, it's one of the initiatives that we have at the moment. We worked very hard to bring in Stanford University, which mm -hmm. is probably one of the top universities that focus on innovation and looking outwardly um, in one of the programs that they call SEED, which is taking medium-sized businesses and upscaling them. Okay. And they also have a program called Go to Market, which is taking startup companies and boot camping them to understand how to create a business plan and go to market and thinking mm -hmm. beyond you know, their local environment. So I, I believe that one of the things that De Beers is doing, particularly mm -hmm. with the future, mm -hmm. in looking at that fourth generation is what are the initiatives that we can create that will act as a catalyst to build mm -hmm. forever? Stanford is one of them. UN Women is another. Um, we have another one called Tokafala, which is taking business people and helping them mentor them in areas that they need to be mentored in. Um, and looking at opportunities for them around the mines, uh, mm -hmm. which were really towns uh, mm -hmm. with mining capacity, but how do we make them become more than just a mining company? Community. Okay. Yes. Well, and again, if you if you think forty years, and I I heard you clearly that technology will change this, but if you think forty years and the mine's gone, yes, then one must consider how do we build enterprise that will live beyond the, Absolutely. Beyond the line. Absolutely. And I think the, the, the beauty of Botswana is it's the size of Texas or France, okay. but it has a population of 2.2 million. Which is small compared it, to Texas and France. Yeah. Well, you can look at it half full or half empty. Okay. Small, Switzerland is 2.2 million. Mm. Luxembourg is 600,000. But they become financial capitals. Oh yeah, I wasn't so, saying so, not not high impact. Yes, I was thinking of size. the city I live in, Columbus, Ohio. Yes, is I think one and a half million. Yeah. So so relatively, as as I think of how big, it's the size of a large U.S. city. Absolutely, but not the largest U.S. city. No, you're so it's right. So one yeah. can interact with, get to yeah. know people. Yeah, it's not like those people out there when there are 300 million of them. Yes. It's, 
it's a smaller networked community, I assume. Yeah. You're one person away from being related to somebody. <laughs> or being connected to them on LinkedIn or Facebook. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, so Botswana is benchmarking itself mm-hmm. and working with... Uh, countries that are very similar, very successful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because of diamonds, there's a, you know there's significant money in reserve, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how, what should we be using that for? Mm-hmm. So it's there. Do we keep it there? Do we reinvest? Mm-hmm. Do we look at becoming a, a Switzerland of Africa, mm-hmm. because you have a highly educated population, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you know Switzerland is focused on two things. Switzerland is a finance capital, but it's also innovation. I know people think it's a luxury, but luxury is really innovation now. Mm-hmm. So, and that sounds like something Botswana could do. Mm-hmm. Um, Luxembourg is 600,000 people, and its whole focus is in, in the finance. Okay. So, so there are models where, you mm-hmm. know, initially people would say, oh, Botswana is too small. And you're 100%. I was one of those people that felt like, well, geez, you know, if you go into retail, do you have enough footfall to, mm, to be mm-hmm, able to? Mm-hmm. But it's a blessing and a, and a curse at the same time. It really does require some very innovative, um, strategic thought into what is the best that it can mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. Um, as it grows itself as a small population. Is it a relatively homogenous population? Because I realize that's also... The, the diversity brings value and complexity in, yes. in managing. Yes, we do have um, different tribes okay. um, who speak different languages, but predominantly okay. it is Setswana speaking. Okay. Um, but there are some significant um, uh, tribes that are not Setswana speaking. Okay. And um, our flag is representative of diversity. Um, okay. It really does uh, speak to kind of like Canada, mm-hmm. um, uh, we're very focused on um, inclusion, okay. uh, inclusion of voice, uh, inclusion of thought, inclusion of different races, different cultures mm-hmm. that are all within Botswana. So let's shift back to De Beers now. So you work across how many countries? Uh, four. Okay. We have four producing countries that we're in, um, with Botswana being the largest contributor mm-hmm. to the, the company as a whole. And I heard very clearly education, STEM, partnering with UN, innovation. As I think about if um, just basically diversifying my portfolio. Yes. So I offer leadership services and I need to make sure that those will be of value and we change um, the definition of leadership, we change how we deliver it. Yes. It continues to evolve. Yeah. And it sounds like De Beers is very forward-looking. Yeah. How do they determine what happens after diamonds? Well, it's a it's a partnership with government. You know, mm-hmm. we 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 don't dictate. We mm-hmm. uh, work in collaboration. Um, we have a very discerning uh, government in Botswana, mm-hmm. who have a, a very clear vision mm-hmm. of what it means to remove uh, its dependency on diamonds. And so as a corporate citizen, the number Mm -hmm, one corporate mm -hmm. citizen, we look at the key pillars that are important to government Mm -hmm. and say, what role can we play? What are the resources we have internally, externally, and how can we be a contributor, an asset to the collective, as Mm -hmm. it were, and also a leader? Because there's certain areas that we can assist in leading. You know, if we can market a Mm -hmm. uh, billion-year-old 
formation of, 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 of the earth mm -hmm. and make it the most important thing of symbolism that you mm -hmm. can you can mm -hmm. demonstrate for love mm -hmm. then in a country that is loved mm -hmm. what can we do to be able to promote and and I think it's important that people understand we don't do it for social investment it's a business fundamental mm -hmm. Botswana's success is De Beers' success De Beers' mm -hmm. success mm -hmm. is Botswana's success so if we're able to tell a consumer the love that exists in Botswana then you're going to have a consumer who wants to buy that mm -hmm. diamond because it's responsibly sourced, the environment is loved, it looks after the community, the community is loved, and the symbolism of the love from the nature mm -hmm. and how it's, it's put together mm -hmm. has much more meaning than just, oh my God, I want that beautiful diamond. Mm -hmm. um, it has the metaphorical and symbolic uh, touch points Mm -hmm. um, that are in, and insights that are important for for a purchase. Just sorry, I'm I'm thinking of how how comprehensive as a case study this is, and the, and, and we talk about uh, in as in living in a global world, mm -hmm. the importance of interconnection. Yes. I, I read years ago the best way to alleviate war isn't bigger guns, it's more interdependence. Yes. If your success and my success are so intertwined, mm -hmm. then I am acting against my self-interest to, to harm you. It sounds like this relationship has managed to build in a way that is truly interdependent. Absolutely. And our president, uh, President um, Masisi, he always talks about we're in a marriage mm -hmm. with uh, De Beers. And uh, we, we're both wearing wedding rings. Mm -hmm. We may argue, <laughs> we may disagree, mm -hmm. but we're in it for the long run. And so there is an interdependency. Mm -hmm. And the worst thing to do is a divorce because children suffer mm -hmm. when there's a divorce. Mm -hmm. Somebody gets hurt. And somebody, um, uh, you know, something falls out mm -hmm. when you get it. Then the best ability for a family is those that work it out. And the relationship with De Beers and the Botswana government is just that. We need to work it out. You have the number one company in the world with a, a number one country that is demonstrated as a benchmark. Because all the other countries in Africa are looking at Botswana for how do we get it right? How do we make sure whatever partnership we have, um, there are the elements that we see in mm -hmm. Botswana. So mm -hmm. we have quite a few countries that come and see how it's mm -hmm. done. Like and you're doing with Switzerland. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody has somebody that you can follow and learn from. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like you rightfully say, it is there is no utopia. Mm -hmm. And you have to stay dynamic. It has to stay dynamic for it to succeed. And with every, you know, four years, you start to look at what makes it better, what makes mm -hmm. it now, what mm -hmm. should you be looking at in a competitive environment, what, mm -hmm. what should you be looking at in an environment where diamond sales may be challenged. I wasn't going to ask that. Yes. But, yeah. but we're looking at, yes. uh, with the tariffs, we're looking at... Um, slowing of the Chinese economy, we're looking Absolutely. at slowing of the American economy. Mm -hmm. If those are the two biggest buyers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they will that will ripple through eventually, I'm assuming, yes. to De Beers and to, De ba to Botswana. Uh, there's no doubt that, you know, the, the 
diamonds are sales are are, are down, but we we are positive. Already. Well, they've been well, up and down, and and there's no doubt about that. It does. It's mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's it, it, it's not necessarily volatile, but it does have its ups mm-hmm. and it does have its downs right now, mm-hmm. and it is a very. Uh, dynamic environment for everybody mm-hmm. whether you're in technology or whether you're in luxury goods mm-hmm. um, the the dependency on China is really important for everyone okay uh, but we stay cautiously optimistic um, mm-hmm. you know our projections were very high we've done a, a really good uh, period of diamond sales mm-hmm. and uh, so you know projections go up as you make more money and now mm-hmm. they're we're nowhere where we used to be in 2015, but we are cautiously optimistic and cautiously watching what mm-hmm. we need to do in order to um, improve diamond sales as mm-hmm. a leader, mm-hmm. as uh, as an industry um, that we belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, for, because this is the thing about diamonds. They're all interlinked. It's not like a car where you can have a Mercedes-Benz and a Toyota and a Corolla mm-hmm. and, and a, a BMW. Diamonds are diamonds, regardless of where they come from. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we work collectively. We may compete in terms of sales, mm-hmm. but we need to work collectively in terms of consumer. The mar- okay, with with regard to market Absolutely. face. Absolutely. Yeah, this has just been a brilliant interview. I love the case study of how, because the, the objective of a company is different than the objective of a government. Yeah. And, and I can just imagine being in those rooms that it's easy to sit here now and say it works, but I, I would imagine over the 56 years there have been some extremely heated oh, yes. experiences. <laughs> <laughs> and you're laughing as if they, it may have been more recent than 56 years ago. <laughs> That's a healthy fact. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will make the, the assumption that the interconnection means again it's it's in our collective good and yes. we work it out even when it's hard yes because it's the right thing for all of us my best interest your best interest we work it through absolutely so absolutely. can you give just a couple of words like if you were to describe i heard love mm-hmm. uh, what else that em- em- is emblematic of this relationship? Uh, I think what emulates the relationship in, in totality is collaboration. Okay. I, I, I have no doubt when people are sitting around a boardroom mm-hmm. and you have one side, you have government and you have uh, the country mm-hmm. and you have the company mm-hmm. um, and in the middle is success mm-hmm. that eventually you have to meet each other um, and realize that you have common goals. Everybody wants to create economic impact, whether it's for mm-hmm. both, mm-hmm. and that no person or entity can do it on its own. Botswana can't do it without a strong technical partner, mm-hmm. and De Beers can't do it without a government that believes in corporate governance and investment partnership. And I have to say that the the one thing that we're, we have been able to do is to demonstrate the environment for investment um, collectively Mm -hmm. and uh, when Botswana talks about success Mm -hmm. um, the the De Beers uh, model is one that can be utilized by both Mm -hmm. Um, and you do need to collaborate there needs to be Mm -hmm. commonality 
for that success. Vision, values, Absolutely. mission, shared. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I am assuming people know how to find De Beers, but give us yes. a contact information anyway, <laughs> other than Tiffany's and Cardiac. <laughs> you just have to go onto the website and look for www.debeersgroup.com. Thank you so much, Pat. Thank I you. so deeply appreciate your insight and the beautiful case study that you are providing for so many people who are seeking to solve the wicked problems that get solved only through collaboration across sectors. And hopefully some of our listeners will take this as a great inspiration to think about more broadly how they address some of their, their concerns. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening today and I hope you enjoyed the conversation that Maureen had with one of our ILA thought leaders and we look forward to having you join us throughout this 15 podcast series on leadership during these turbulent times. Thank you for joining this interview live at the Ottawa International Leadership Association Conference. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you will join us again for the next in the series. I would love to hear your feedback. Either email me at info at innovateleader.com, connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message, or comment on Facebook at Innovating Leadership. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.